Welcome along to a new decade. 2020 is now underway. 3rd of January 2020, episode 79 from the Valley Podcast. Your host, Tim Wilshire, Brisbane Business Life. I'm here with a good friend of mine who hasn't been on the podcast yet, but I'm sure we'll have a bit of interesting things to say as we start off a new decade. Welcome along, James O'Connor. Thanks, Tim. That's good, mate. Uh, now, James, we've been a friends for a couple of years, I believe. Um, I guess where we usually start some of these podcasts, a bit of background about, I guess, where, whereabouts were you born and where did you grow up? Uh, so I'm born in Melbourne, uh, but okay. I grew up mostly in Sydney. So my, my, my schooling was in Sydney and... Uh, how I came to Queensland, I guess, is that in 2011 decided to drive the whole way around Australia and uh, ended up here in southeast Queensland. Excellent. And, and uh, so, as a child, you lived in, in Melbourne most of your life there? Or? Uh, so, only the first few years in Melbourne and then moved up to Sydney, but yep. I was always going back to visit friends and family uh, back back in Melbourne, obviously, when, when I was sort of in the, in the teens and so forth. Mm. So, and when you were sort of young, what, what sort of sports did you get get up to as a teenager and what sort of things were you interested in? Lots of swimming, water polo, uh, running uh, and just adventure. I just loved adventure so sports. So you played water polo? Yeah. Cool. yeah. That's, that's an interesting sport, isn't it, water polo? Yeah, it's really physical actually. It's, a, it's an excellent sport because uh, I really loved swimming and uh, I was quite competitive. So I found that water polo was something that I really, really, really enjoyed in the the final part of uh, high school, so I did, did state state swim water. Sort polo. of growing up as a teen, as as a child, did you ever hear of the sport? Um, I don't think I really played it myself, but I knew other people that played it. Was sort of underwater hockey. Have you? I've tried it once. <laughs> yeah, it's a really challenging game. I had a go at that at the University of New South Wales pool once, and it is great. It's a lot of fun. You've got to be able to hold your breath and <laughs> swim underwater fast, and yeah, it's a, it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, underwater hockey. Yeah, I wonder if it's still around. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely still around. I did see it actually in Brisbane at Centenary Pool. They were doing some. Well, that's that's, that's fascinating. Um, so a lot of water sports, I guess, were, were, were sort of what you're interested in uh, growing up. And uh, what about um, when did you first sort of get into, I guess, skate skating and rollerblading and that type of th- those types of. Uh, recreational activities so i never i never really skateboarded when i was younger but i did a lot of snow skiing so uh, i guess i the first time i was ever on roller skates would have been when i was probably about four years old i think my grandparents um down in victoria took me off to the roller rink and i uh, just really enjoyed uh skating uh, around the roller rink and then also i was going uh, i was fortunate enough to do a little bit of snow skiing when i was really young and uh, I think that the the combination of snow skiing and roller skating kind of makes a pretty good segue into rollerblading. So. Yeah. So yeah, rollerblading. We'll certainly talk a bit about the podcast, a bit about your passion, a bit about what rollerblading is all about, where it's sort of got to now, as we in a new decade. What sort of you know, I guess what is happening when it comes to that. Um, I guess growing up, what was your uh, first job that you had when you were sort of growing up as a school? What was the first thing you you did it? for money uh the first thing i think i did when i was in high school is i think i had a i had a paper run and uh, soon after that i was doing paper run and also working in a video store <laughs> yeah, a good old video store a bit like blockbuster or video easy those yeah. types of stores yeah yeah so working in a video store putting the videos back on the uh, back <laughs> sure. on the shelves <laughs> dealing with people that uh, bring them in pay, bringing in their videos late remember those days <laughs> yeah it was i had the awkward job of asking people to pay their their fees <laughs> They're outstanding fees. Yeah. Uh, interesting and not surprising after when you look back over that sort of model disappearing over time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's quite interesting. So your first job was a paper run and, and working in, in the video shops. Yeah, so, what, so when I wasn't busy annoying people by blowing the whistle, uh, walking around the streets trying to sell newspapers, I was uh, uh, hassling people to pay their late fees uh, when they were returning their videos. <laughs> Yeah, and that we were in Sydney at the time when these sort of yeah yeah. So I was in Sydney at the time, so I was at Sydney Boys High School, and uh, yeah, I, uh, pretty much from from school. Uh, actually, funnily enough, when I finished school, I actually joined the Air Force. Oh yeah. So how long were you? Did you? How long were you in the Air Force? Or just under two years. So yeah. I went down to the Australian Defence Force Academy in Canberra, mm. and uh, yeah, so that was a. A, a big thing because I guess I was pretty immature at the time and found myself 
uh, down at the Defence Academy for a, for a, for a, for a stint. Uh, decided to get out ultimately and do other things. And then, so what was the, I guess? What did you get up to when you sort of finished uh, in the Air Force? What, did, what was your next, I guess, ticket? Uh, so I decided that I'd break free and I uh, travelled to Europe. So I had uh, in the in the meantime at the Defence Force Academy, I'd bought. Uh, bought some rollerblades and decided to start skating around the Defence Academy at night and into <laughs> into Canberra and uh, had a, a friend that was really competitive uh, and so you know if he jumped four stairs then I jumped five and then he jumped six stairs and so forth. Um, but I guess I started using skating as a form of transport. So I briefly moved back to Sydney in late ninety uh, in that that latter part of the of that time and then um, decided to travel over to. Um, Tra- travel over to Europe, took my skates with me, and I uh, started skating around some of the cities in Europe. So some of the places you went to in Europe, um, give some, did you cover much of Europe, or what places did you go to that, that you remember and, and, and certainly enjoyed? Uh, so I did a Contiki trip. <laughs> so I normal people would walk out of the bus, and I'd have my skates on, so I would roll out of the bus, <laughs> and people would only have you know, maybe 15 or 20 minutes to have a look at a, a small town. I'd have, you know... I'd skate the entire town and go and you know, see see the whole lot and get back in the the bus exhausted from from skating. Uh, but I guess I travelled through France, Germany, Italy, Spain, uh, also right up to the north as well of uh, north of Germany. Um, yeah, so it was, it was just and and a bit of bit of um, uh, Holland and yeah, yeah. So all all around. It was a thirty five days camping tour. Jeez. Well, it's. So that uh, that Kentucky tour is always. Uh, I, don't, I didn't. I've never been on one myself. My wife, my brother, they've been on them. You've been on them. They're, they're sort of good value, aren't they? When you think about yeah, you, it's it's certainly worth doing those types of things whilst you can uh, do those those types of tours. That certainly fun and fascinating. Yeah, you see a lot. You definitely see a lot. And um, it's very. It's fairly. I know it's crammed, and you can't sort of spend too much time in one spot you're really one or two days and you're on to the next location and yeah it's and it's, it's definitely that way it's it's see it then back in the bus and, and see the next it, spot and try to do things on the cheap as much as possible i guess as well yeah um so rollerblading uh, you so you sort of you got the website rollerblading.com.au and rollerblading brisbane tell us about how that all started well, it actually started with rollerblading Sydney because uh, I was obviously in Sydney, in Sydney yeah. at the time. Yep. Um, there's a time with University of New South Wales. I was actually working at the gym at the University of New South Wales and uh, working at the counter there, I was getting some some people coming up and saying that the rollerblading instructor wasn't turning up. Uh, so to the rollerblading recreation courses that University of New South Wales were putting on. And so being an enterprising young lad, I decided to go up to my boss and say, well, boss, apparently the rollerblading instructor hasn't been uh, turning up for lessons. Oh, by the way, if you need a new instructor, I'll do it. (laughs) Uh, So he said, yep, run with it. So I uh, literally took over the lessons. um, And how I did that is I'd never, I hadn't taught rollerblading before, but I was a, a skier. And so I went away and designed a way of being able to teach according to you know, skiing, doing snow plows, doing all the sort of things that I thought would be relevant and obviously teaching people how to use their heel brake. And uh, to cut a long story short, it was a success. I then took University of New South Wales recreation courses, Sydney University's, Macquarie University's, University of Technology, Sydney's recreation courses, and then I started getting private lesson requests. And uh, yeah, just, yeah, it just snowballed from there. Excellent. I mean, that's <coughs> certainly a lot of... Uh, I guess you've exposed a lot of people over many years to to rollerblading, and obviously a lot of people that come across you just. I suppose there's a lot of variance in experience, but probably a lot of them wouldn't have a lot when they first come and see you. Is that is sort of getting them at the at the entry level? A lot of people. Yeah, that's that's true. And actually, even though you may not see the synergy in it, um, it was a good foray into running my own business. So I started to get pretty involved. Um, I did a certificate for in small business management and had to come up with a, I actually had to come up with a full business plan for, for, for the, for the business and I won a government grant to set it up. So I, so how long ago was that? Uh, so this is in 1999. So, so I can say that 20 ago, years yeah. of, uh, running, uh, successful skate schools. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a journey, but the, the NICE program was excellent. And so, 
uh, I don't know if you know what NICE is, it's New Enterprise Incentive Scheme and yeah, it's basically yeah. for people that want to set up their own business and, you know, understand the the marketing to, um, you know, being able to lay out your, your business plan and understand how to do the financials as well. So in let's just talk a bit about um, great places to to rollerblade. So in Brisbane, beautiful city Brisbane, you obviously uh, love it up here. Uh, we're about to the best places to roller skate in, in and around Brisbane because obviously we've got lots of nice bike tracks, we've got lots of um, gardens. What, what, where can you sort of where are the best places to to rollerblade and 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 go for sort of rollerblading? You know, I guess uh, good tools and stuff like that. Uh, so definitely along the Brisbane River. It's mm. amazing uh, how many pathways there are throughout Brisbane. Um, skating over bridges is, is is fantastic as well once you've got the skills to know how to stop down the hill. Um, but I really enjoy skating along the, the, the foreshore, sort of over towards Howard Smith Wharves. Yep. New Farm, mm. Tenerife. Uh, and in fact, all the way around uh, Newstead is mm. a really excellent waterfront park, mm. brand new pathways that extending uh, the Kingsford Smith Drive mm -hmm. is a really fantastic place to skate uh, round to Hamilton. So Hamilton is um, yeah, is a gem. There's, there's new parks there as well, um, which are just in uh, behind the, the Portside Shopping Centre. And, yeah, if you haven't skated around the, the, that new pathway, which extends all the way along Kingsford Smith Drive, it's, it's really, mm -hmm. really smooth. Interesting question. For how long would it, if you started sort of, if you started rollerblading from, let's say, where the Gateway Bridge is, all yep. the way from there into, let's say, uh, the centre of town, how long would that take to, to do? Depends on your pace, but if you're on a decent set of skates, um, you could easily do it in half an hour, 40, 40 minutes less. Yeah. But it just depends on your proficiency. And uh, I mean, when you say rollerblading to one person, it, it, yeah. it, it means different things in people's heads. So yeah. people might see rollerblading as just just recreational skating and might, yeah. some people might immediately have in their head when you're talking about rollerblading they might see a roller rink they might not be envisaging what mm. we're envisaging which I envisage as an outdoor sport yeah. uh, and then it, for some of the people when you say the word rollerblading they think ramps and they think aggressive inline skating uh, they, yeah. they might think hockey mm. so and I've um, I've been really lucky I've actually been involved in a lot of different aspects of rollerblading so I've I've taught people from never ever skate level all the way up to half pipe. I've taught slalom skating, which is going through cones. I've taught roller derby, um, and I've played roller derby for a number of years, refereed, coached, and roller so forth. Roller derby, so they yeah. referee the, the sport. Yeah, so, so referees are able to be on rollerblades or on roller skates. And, um, and I mean, for me, I really do love roller skating and rollerblading. So the differentiation between um, the two. Roller skates are often known as quads, so yep. two two wheels in front yep. and two wheels behind. Um, and then inline skating is also the same thing as rollerblading. Mm. So yeah, I'm I basically re just enjoy all different types of skating, and uh, whether it's dropping into a half pipe or whether it's just going for a cruise out in the street, mm. um, or whether it's teaching someone uh, that has never skated before, mm. or whether it's um, doing what I did yesterday, which is teaching in the skate park at Cooparoo, it's 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 unreal it's just mm. there's always something to learn and there's always uh there's always a uh, the excitement on people's face when they when they master something yeah that's really good what about so in sydney what, what are the what are the places like to i guess rollerblade around in sydney compared to brisbane is it Sydney, just as good or? Sydney's excellent. Uh, as far as a business is concerned i decided to move away from the traditional places of skating and most people say Sydney and they say Centennial Park or Manly but I decided to deliberately move from the eastern suburbs of Sydney where I grew up and I moved over to Kirribilli and I decided to start skating along the foreshore and across the Sydney Harbour Bridge as a um, as a tourist idea and then also just because no one was doing it so no one was really developing that as a, as a skate destination so I decided to to give that a go and to get people rollerblading across the Sydney Harbour Bridge and also um, there was an undercover area, so even in the event of rain, I'd still hold lessons underneath the, the bridge. Mm. 
But yeah, there's plenty of places to skate in Sydney. The, again, the foreshore of the harbour mm-hmm. um, is in many places in, in many places just as good as the, the sort of foreshore mm-hmm. areas of Brisbane skating along the river, mm-hmm. uh, and also the uh, skating across the Sydney Harbour Bridge and then all the way around the Opera House was definitely a highlight. If you look at all all the places you've been to in the world, where would be the favourite place that you've ever, ever been to that you've been able to take your roller your rollerblades to and have a a great look around and oh. go on, on a great tr- sort of uh, trip and tour. That's a tough one. I've got a couple. I do love Bondi Beach. I do love skating along... Um, Bondi, uh, okay. Yeah, skating at Bondi as far as Australia is concerned. Uh, but I also really, really loved uh, Los Angeles. So skating... LA. So yeah, whereabouts, so in Santa LA, Mon- whereabouts in LA would you go? Uh, so Santa Monica to yep. Redondo. So, it so really, where's Redondo? That's, uh, um, so you've got... It's a little bit to the south... From the top, off the top of my head, from Santa Monica, and there's a bit of a stretch there where you sort of go th- go through a um, pretty big area which has got lots and lots of boats. So it's just yeah, but the, but the Santa Monica Pier and there's there's lots and lots there's there's many many places to skate right along the along the water there. Also, um, Santa Barbara is really nice, and San Diego. So I spent a bit of time in San Diego skating uh, down on down towards sort of Oceanside. San Diego, good spot. Yeah, so excellent. Um, but that, but that's as far <coughs> as outdoor um, skate parks wise. Uh, the, the the massive bowl that's at Bondi is is definitely one of the best that I've skated. Uh, there's also Adelaide, which has got a fantastic, huge vert ramp at uh, West Beach. And uh, talking of California, you've obviously got the Vans skate parks, which are huge, really big vert ramps, and uh, yeah, it's better. There's so many places that you can now skate. Growing up, I guess we didn't really have all the indoor skate parks that you that you have now. So there's lots, lots of places that you can go skating that you maybe didn't didn't necessarily have. Mm. That's a good good discussion. We may may come back to a more rollerblading talk, but um, yep. that uh, that's really that's fascinating. And certainly, if you want to get into uh, rollerblading here in Brisbane, best person to talk to here is James. You know, you got. Uh, rollerblading.com.au you've got rollerbladingbrisbane.rollerblading.com.au all the details are there uh, as far as the, the cost is concerned you do lessons obviously um, is, is it is that, is that those prices there still correct $60 an hour yeah it, it ranges from $60 um, most people would sort of tend to do an hour and a half yep. um, or an, or a two hour lesson yep. and those, those yeah, it's, a, it's a private rate as well so it's the idea is I just really uh, enjoy just getting people into for initial lessons, teaching them the basics yep. and getting them comfortable. And, the, and there's actually a free Friday night skate that we encourage people once they've learned how to skate to to join. And that's nice, uh, smooth, flat area that's, uh, you know, down on the, on the foreshore. So it's mm. a, a really nice way of getting people into it. And we've also, um, for kids, uh, I really like to get parents involved in lessons with their kids because it, it's kids get a real kick out of it seeing mm. their parents skating and i think it's really excellent for kids to to do things with their parents well, i agree that's that sounds like it's great it's certainly good for uh, promoting <coughs> fitness as well as you know as well as developing skills which you said you know you've said uh, they transfer you know basically to the the snow the snow fields with, with uh, whether it's uh, skiing or snowboarding there's Certainly, some transference there. Just learning your rollerblading skills and that type of thing. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, <coughs> surf life saving—that's something you're you're volunteering, isn't it? Yeah. So I volunteer um, a couple of times a, a month. It usually works out as, and I'm a vice patrol captain up at Noosa Surf Club. Uh, so how I got into that was that when I moved to Queensland, I decided to to get back into surf life saving. I did do that in the last couple of years of high school, did, did surf life saving in, a, in at Bondi um, in Sydney. And I just thought it was a really good chance to, to get back into the beach when I, when I moved to Southeast Queensland. So Noosa's, I guess, where you go to, as you said, a couple of times a month. Uh, so it's, it's great um, that you that certainly help it's because it's a volunteer type thing that you're doing isn't it you're going up there you, yeah you, you know you're, you're spending a lot of time and obviously helping out that particular community so it's a really excellent surf club and that's why I just really want to stay involved with with Noosa Head Surf Life Saving Club they're a really supportive club and they've got a really great culture mm. we've got really good people yeah. and uh, it's a beautiful beach um, I've also done a little bit of um, 
you know, work out on the, you know, the inflatable rescue boats, the IRBs and the jet skis occasionally as well. And it's just a really beautiful part of the world. Mm. So it's a new year. It's 2020. What, have you sort of had any New Year's resolutions at all? <laughs> uh, teach more ramp skating. I love ramps and just getting kids into ramps and the young and the young at heart into ramp skating. Once they're obviously decent enough on um, on the flat, is to try and challenge people to do things that maybe they see as they, that, that, that are hard. Uh, and so as part of that, I you know, do slalom skating clinics. And that may not mean anything to you, that the word slalom, but I guess uh, it's going between a series of cones and doing tricks. So doing some tricks on skates. Uh, and I guess you're never too old to learn new tricks. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, any other sort of resolutions or anything that anything that's big that's coming up this year that uh, you're looking forward to? Uh, so I should finish my master's degree um, pretty soon. I'm actually doing astrophysics, and I have um, um, just just about finished my master's master's by research at the University of Southern Queensland. And as part of that, um, I've actually been a school teacher for the last ten years, mm-hmm. and. So my decision to sort of do that is to, to start to move more and more towards the academic, uh, academic life um, and being able to teach at university. So I've been lecturing this last year at the University of Southern Queensland uh, and so that's been great. Yeah, no, so you've been you're doing, as you said, you've been teaching for, for 10 years. Yeah, so remember rollerblading is a sort of thing, the reason it's been going for 20 years is just that I still see it as being so much a, a hobby if it mm. was just or if it was only a full-time business all the time, then I would feel like it would become too much like work. So I really... Okay, um, so that's that's yeah. that's probably gives a bit of insight into that. Yeah. So um, at one stage, yes, it was full-time um, when obviously the government grant had kicked in. So this was going back 20 years. Or it is, yeah. yeah. So around that time, it was full-time. And then as uh, time went on, it sort of I thought, well, I really want to be more. I wanted to do a... Um, I want to enjoy it more. Yeah. So, but also really from teaching lots and lots of skating, I realized that I had teaching skills and so I decided to go back and do the teaching degree. Mm. Um, so I have a science degree yep. and a teaching degree. Mm. And so as opposed to just being seen as that, that rollerblading guy, I really enjoy science and, and being, mm. a, being a teacher. Yeah. So astrophysics, that's the major. You've always had a um, – you certainly had a – a big interest in uh, astronomy. That's yeah, so uh, yeah, space space science, and I've always had an interest in in space flight. And uh, you know, I know that Australia's had two uh, well, Australian-born astronauts that have been into space, and I'd like to be part of a push to get another get another Aussie into space. Um, yeah. And finally, with the Australian Space Agency, I'm hoping that um, as time goes on, that we, we may potentially have another Australian that gets a chance to go into space. So, mm, so wh- are you sort of fascinated by astronomy as a, as a child as well, or is that something you more got into over the li- to your adult life? Now, I'm not going to lie and say that, you know, I've always been a stargazing astronomer um, because I haven't. I guess I've been more interested in um, things like the Apollo mission and the, the stuff that's happening in our solar system. Uh, so planetary scientists more than, say, a, you know, a galactic astronomer. Uh, and I'm certainly someone that's interested in the te- the technological side of it. So seeing, you know, rockets and seeing uh, you know, astronautics, seeing space stations and all that side of thing, rather than being a pure uh, astronomer. I do, however, really enjoy um, exoplanets. And so what that is, I guess, why that's interest of interest to me is because uh, it's finding planets that are around other stars. So I see that as being tangible. We all know what the planets are in our own solar system. So I guess that's, to me, uh, an area where I thought that well, from having a geophysics degree that it would be easier, I guess, to to make the transition to astrophysics as opposed to doing a completely new area of science. And, I mean, when I was doing my geophysics degree, we really hadn't, found many mm. exoplanets or planets mm. around other stars so uh, having had the opportunity to work at um, do some work at the University of Southern Queensland and to study there uh, yeah I've found that it's been excellent because they've got mm. some really uh, really good scientists there and uh, I guess it's, it's it's all about learning something I've never sort of asked anyone on podcast before but I've heard Mr. my, my good podcast uh, uh, meant 
Joe Rogan has had a few people on his podcast and he, he talks to people about whether they think they believe in aliens or not. What do you think about is is there other life out there and it, what what have you what's your take on some of the stories that you may have read in that space? Well, there's probably life out there, but it's I'm yet to see evidence of mm. extraterrestrial um, aliens on the planet or anything. So I I'm a, I'm I'm definitely a skeptic. Mm. Uh, I believe yes. that it's important to be a skeptic as a scientist and to rely on proof and yep. not just conspiracy theories. So I don't I don't really buy into conspiracy theories. Every area 51 and all these other things. I just I uh, I think that it's uh, incredibly difficult to travel from one star to another. It's incredibly difficult. The, the distances involved in travelling even just to our nearest star, let alone other stars and uh i think that life is if it's out there is exceedingly rare so again it's certainly very rare if it does exist but i think these are these are exciting questions that you never know in our lifetimes we may have the opportunity to find maybe possibly even very simple like unicellular life potentially Mm. on another planet in our own solar system so for example with mars there's there's possibly you know, they might they might might find evidence of very simple forms of life that may have potentially existed on that planet, and mm. that's also not to not to mention other places in our solar system that could potentially have had um, had some forms of very simple life, mm. whatever that may be, too. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's it's always an interesting discussion about um, astronomy, about uh, whether people believe in in aliens, extraterrestrial life, all that sort of thing, conspiracy theories, as you said. It's 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 just a matter of where mm. it's and when. So in the billions of years of our history, I mean, we've really only just sprung up mm. as far as humanity's really only sprung up recently and we've only just started looking mm. recently. So life might have existed, mm. but it's it's you know it may have existed a long time ago um, and you know it could have it could be hundreds of light years away which mm. means that it takes light hundreds of years to reach us so even if a, a signal is being sent from a planet potentially hundreds of light years away it's still taking hundreds of years to to reach us so it's the distances that are the thing yeah the distances that are, is that are involved is really what what holds us back mm, for sure just going back to your um Facebook and Instagram groups with rollerblading. Um, how many uh, followers would you have on those uh, web page, those pages? So Instagram's a really interesting one. I think I was a little bit late to really recognise the benefit of Instagram. I've started to get a lot more into it now. I've got several hundred people following Rollerblading Brisbane, um, the Instagram account. Uh, I've developed. Um, Rollerblading Sydney and Roller Skating Sydney accounts, which have got similar numbers for Rollerblading Sydney. Uh, I've actually found that um, Educating Space has got over almost 12,000 followers, so that's been successful. And I guess it, it's just about posting regularly and tagging other accounts. Uh, and um, I guess with my Instagram accounts for rollerblading, it's it's by and large 99% original content so it's actually content that I go out mm. shoot and then produce um, small video clips of clients to show them where their skating's at um, so that's um, a little app that I use is called Magisto and I will take the videos during the, during the class just very short segments and then right at the end I can sort of compile them and obviously the idea is just to make look, people look good so you know I'm obviously not going to put in put in videos of anyone sort of you know stacking it or making them look bad and it's just about showing them where they're where they start and where they finish mm. but yeah i guess as far as followers i use twitter and i use facebook and, twitter and instagram well. uh twitter's um of of some some success uh especially with dealing with journalists and and reaching out to, to people some people really enjoy using twitter mm. uh, but facebook has been by and large my most successful uh, I've got groups of a, a couple thousand strong in Sydney mm. and um, Brisbane. I've built up Brisbane Bladers up to over 500 followers. Um, so Brisbane Bladers, that one. That's it? Brisbane Bladers, yeah. So there's Brisbane Bladers. There's Australian rollerblading um, 
Australian rollerblading group, which has got over a thousand. So there's just a number. And I, I guess w- where I'm at with social media is I, I want to reach out to other people that are interested in um, different aspects of skating. And I want to try and encourage competitions um, and grow the sport. Yeah, you re- no, that's, that's really good that you, you stick to that. That's, that's fantastic. So, yeah, we just had New Year's, New Year's uh, Eve. We went to a party at the Osborne Hotel. What do you think of the Osborne Hotel? Just Excellent. Yeah, Jason, the manager there, was really friendly and I actually found the staff were excellent and just a really good vibe. Yeah, shout out to Jason Hurt. Uh, very good event. It was, as far as pricing was concerned, I coun't really believe it. It was sort of, I think, 85 to $99 was what we were paying. It was a bargain. Per person. Um and you compare that to a Cloudland oh. or a Blackbird or these other ones at $150 plus, uh, and you get a Morton Bay bug, you get prawns, oysters. Yeah, the co- Coffin Bay oysters were excellent. I was probably drunk too much. It was probably the problem <laughs> because, you know, when you, you get unlimited spirits, unlimited beer, you know, and you're just, I'm just going back and forth between yeah. the two. And then there was the whole 80s music and the 70s, 80s. <laughs> it was, no, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun and... There was plenty of food for everyone, and um, yeah, it was. It, yes. it wasn't at all hard to get a drink when you wanted to get a drink. No, we had a good little area, that little bar down yeah. there. Um, shout out to the Osborne Hotel. Just, yeah. just a fantastic venue, and uh, I'm glad we chose that one as opposed to everything else. Uh, I think we just had a great time there. Just a, sh- a small little group of people, so uh, I think that was a great, uh, great way to finish off 2019, and a great way to sort of enter into 2020. So. Um, yeah, as far as <clears throat> as far as New Year's resolutions myself, um, I, I definitely uh, Queenstown. Obviously, going to spend some time there in 2020. Um, even po- possibly looking at property as well. So we'll see how all that goes. I think that that's something to certainly look forward to. You've got this beautiful picture here to, to motivate me every, oh, absolutely. every single day. I come Queenstown is amazing. I went there just over a year ago and did a mountaineering course. Um, if you ever get a chance to go to Queenstown, do it, go. The skiing and snowboarding there is incredible. Really, really good. And I guess uh, th- this time of the year, we've, we've just it's just been a pretty bad season with bushfires. It's really... It hasn't sort of uh, let up at the moment. You don't usually don't hear much about bushfires when it's sort of New Year's Eve or or uh, or, or um, you know early January. You don't really hear about it. But this is the first time we've really sort of it's been right in our faces. It's been right in you know right in our faces, and it's really the first time in in a long you know probably ten years that they've really made a huge deal out of the bushfires yeah i mean i can't complain because i know a lot of people have it a lot worse than than i do i mean i run a business still in sydney which is still going so even though i'm up here in in queensland i still run rollerblading sydney remotely and it's the smoke obviously over sydney harbour has become quite bad in on certain days and so i've actually had to be really um be watching the webcams and seeing how bad the smoke is because obviously I want to look after my instructors and make sure that they're not, you know, they're not basically skating at the same time as you know, basically smoking cigarettes because it would be the, the 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 air pollution in Sydney over pretty bad, yeah. over this period has been pretty pretty bad. I don't think it's been any worse that that we can ever remember in in my time as yeah. far as pollution in in Sydney ha- is, is concerned so it's it's certainly taken a while you know you've had a lot of bad days uh, down there so it's been quite quite interesting uh, even though they haven't had fire right in Sydney just it's right next to Sydney uh, it's been been such a problem um, so other places i think you said that you went to hawaii not that long ago is that tell me tell me what's going on in hawaii these days what's uh, it was amazing so i went to maui and maui, sorry yeah. and that was a, a beautiful spot um went there and actually went up, up an observatory so i went to uh, up to a, a, a volcano called haleakala and it's it actually takes up a it's a huge uh, shield volcano which is over ten thousand feet which is 3051 meters in 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 altitude and it's a really incredible site you get to go up there um i met with the university of hawaii um, academics and they gave me a pass to to go up and i got a tour of one of the one of the observatories there which is called pan stars 
And even though not many people have heard of what pan stars is, basically, to cut a long story short, these two telescopes have found more near-Earth objects or objects that potentially could collide with Earth ever um, than any other. So, you know, you've got your asteroids and comets and so forth out there in the solar system, and we, we spend lots of money on defence uh, of, um, you know, military defence, but not as much on worrying about potentially whether an, an asteroid could hit the planet. And these, um, okay. these pan-stars telescopes are so sensitive and have such a wide view and incredible camera setups on them that they are, they're actually able to find a really large number of near-Earth objects that are around in our vicinity of the solar system. So what scientists are doing is they're, they're tracking a large number of, of objects that are, that are you know, in the inner part of the solar system. Remember, the asteroids aren't only in the asteroid belt. There are asteroids around in other parts of the solar system. So it was really good to, to get a full tour. I, I created a YouTube video of the experience. Um, if you're interested, it's on Educating Space. Uh, so Educating Space is the name of the Instagram channel I run. And yeah, decided to. What's that called again? Sorry. Uh, educating space. Educating space. Yeah, yep. educating space. All one word. It's pretty easy to find. And I wanted to do this because I just thought it would be good to shine a light on this amazing facility over in Maui. And it was a really incredible trip. Well, okay. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I guess um, podcasting. You probably worked out that I've been podcasting for a while now. Is any, do you get into any particular podcast yourself at all? Do you listen to any other ones? Yeah. Or is there any skating, any rollerblading ones out there? There's a couple of rollerblading ones out there, but I'm a bit of a space nerd, as you might have gathered. So and, I, and astronomy, obviously. Yeah. yeah, so I've been listening to a number of podcasts. So there's some excellent NASA podcasts that I, that I tend to listen to. Um, there's also podcasts from Universe Today. Uh, yeah, there's, there's sort of a... I mean, obviously... In the position I'm in doing my research for my master's, uh, I mentioned exoplanets. There's one called Exocast, which is a fantastic one, which sort of gives you an update on what's going on in exoplanetary science. So you yep. find out what exoplanets have been discovered and uh, mm. you know, what papers have been written on these particular discoveries. So, yep. so most of my work has been around, uh, been, ra- been around that as opposed to listening to a lot of rollerblading podcasts. So more into the space science podcast at the moment. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. I mean, there's it, <coughs> always some interesting ones. There's lots of different ones that I certainly listen to now. And 2020, it's going to be interesting to see what ones uh, pop up or, or interest me. But, you know, a bit of this and a bit of that. I, I would like it, to um, get more involved in um, just business, business networking um, okay. in, in, in Brisbane. I actually used to be the president of the Curability Small Business Network. So the, the business I had obviously in Sydney, um, still going, but um, there was a business network there which, which actually is still going. It's just a business breakfast um, for, you know, for, for small businesses in Curability and Milsons Point area. Mm-hmm. And the reason I enjoy that is because it's you're know, talking to other business owners about what, you know, what they want to do and what, what their interests are mm. and just thinking outside the square of, you know, solutions. So, yeah, yeah I, I guess I'd like to I – mean, I'm not really a, a local here in Queensland just yet. I don't, don't regard myself really? yet as uh-huh. enough of a local. And right. so I just want to get more and uh, more into the uh, the business scene and just find out about what other people are doing, especially <coughs> Newstead. It's a it's mm. a really growing area with a lot of, a lot of people have moved yeah, to Yeah, so there, there's a couple of um – things there i think i mean you can always look at the valley chamber of commerce yeah of, of course you can always come along to one of those events mm. um i guess there's a few other little things that sort of come out of this area as well like the tenerife festival is a big event every year i'm not sure if you've ever been to that i haven't been to it but i've, I've been on it's around their, about june july yeah i've so been onto their instagram account so. look 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 for that this year yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any other I think most of the most of the sort of chambers are more amalgamated into the Valley Chamber of Commerce now. I know there used to be mm. a few other ones, like one at Spring Hill. I don't know if there was a separate one out there. Um, there's certainly it's certainly you know it's always um, other things to look at. You know, joining a service organisation. Um, you know, you've obviously heard about Apex and Rotary, so 
there's always that's that's another way of networking you know, yeah get involved and i know you, you're very community minded you, you you do a lot for the community you know um but there's also there's always social aspects to um to joining service organizations as well like yeah. there's certainly great service that uh that you can sort of, uh, you know, obviously lifelong friendships can also result as well. Um, yeah, so definitely networking, probably should put that on your list too uh, for 2020 definitely. as a bit of a resolution to, yeah. to get involved more in that. Um, you know, go to a breakfast meeting for, for this or that. Um, there's, there's plenty of different uh, breakfast meetings out there. We have a free one in the Kedron Brook here once a month. Uh, so yeah, there's certainly that's what I'd sort of certainly be interested in in that you should be doing. I think. Yeah, well, I've only been living in Newstead itself for eight months, and before that I was in Hamilton, uh, and so now I feel like more being in sort of Newstead in the Valley. It's it's great. I feel like I'm more more part of it. Mm, it's it's going to be. What, have you sort of sort of looking forward to how the the Valley will evolve? I guess with there's obviously putting up a lot of different high rises. There's always a quite a lot of uh, uh, developments going on but it's certainly going to change the face of what the valley looks like over time i think um i think it's also the boom of the fitness industry right now that's that's happening in newstead and the valley there's so many new gyms oh really and new, yeah. new personal training um businesses that have started up and i guess what i what i'm doing with skating um is just getting people into an outdoor form of fitness that they might not necessarily have considered as being exercise, um, but in the same way that you can go and ride a bike, you can get on skates and go and exercise on skates. So yeah. I guess there are some synergies there with what personal trainers are doing with what I'm doing. I'm basically I'm being a glorified personal trainer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an interesting way of putting it. I mean, personal trainers, certainly there's plenty of work out there for them at the moment. They just see it at the local, at the local gym, you know, they get uh, the personal trainer might have 25 to you know 25 sessions a week with you know five sessions a day uh with different uh their different clients and you know they, they do quite well uh and then they, that's their own little job or business or whatever you want to call it you know so you can turn that into a full-time job yeah um you you like to teach people i mean is that something you'd ever considered to sort of doing the the, the normal sort of pt type role so I've done all the qualifications of a personal trainer. I have a Cert 3 in fitness. Yep. Um, and formerly, um, I actually, around the, around the time, obviously working in the gym, um, I've been around gyms for a long time. Uh, so from teaching outdoor rec, which is basically what teaching skating is, to being involved in, um, on, on, on the gym floor, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly <coughs> comfortable about talking about fitness and, and using skating as a... Yeah, as a as a form of training for that, and I mean, when I do ramp skating, I'm I can guarantee you, when you're in a ramp, you're you're working out just as hard as <laughs> as I don't what doubt. You are. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, you know, I haven't been skating very often yep. uh, in the last twenty odd years that I can remember, but it's it's very um, yeah, it, it's certainly very you know, if you haven't done it before, you're working on so many different. Part you know muscles that you never thought you had. Even even if you might be a person that goes to the gym regularly, and then step into something like <coughs> rollerblading, um, yeah, just just some of the leg muscles you you never use whilst working out. You know. Yeah. So the good thing about skating is that you've kind of got the a very similar form of like with with regards to skiing, you've got really really similar muscles that you're using. So for example. Uh, adductors and abductors you're using that when you're skiing but you're also using that when you're rollerblading um, and you're using your quads and hamstrings and calves and and you've got a lot of core as well so core conditioning so yeah it's it's um definitely as much of a workout as as skiing and the great thing is that you can do it outdoors so you don't necessarily have to go and skate round and round a roller rink uh, you can you can skate at skate distances and i mean even some of the some of the extensive um, uh, networks of roads that we've got, which have got pathways next to them. You know, as, as you head sort of over towards Nudgee, there's an amazing track there and th that you can skate along. Nudgee, okay. Yeah, uh, that it goes up goes up the freeway. Mm. Uh, there's, there's an excellent pathway there that you can skate many, many kilometres uh, and it's just using, using those pathways and getting out and actually enjoying Brisbane. Mm, certainly a lot to enjoy in Brisbane um, <clears throat> it's a very it's 
What do you think? Uh, the weather's always pretty hot at this time of the year, but with you sort of, what weather, I mean, I know you live up in Brisbane, do you prefer the warmer weather or the cooler weather? I that? definitely prefer the warmer weather. Uh, I do skate early and like, so early morning lessons yep. and, and in the evenings to, to take advantage of the little bit of the, the, the cooler temperatures, but also I use undercover areas, but then we'll sort of mix that up by moving outdoors. So uh, it's a bit of a mixture. But once you've got a little bit of speed and you're on skates, you've got a breeze. So mm. it's uh, yeah. it's not as hot as perhaps what you might think. Yeah. You do a lot of swimming too. Do you still do a lot of swimming? Yeah, yeah. So I still do a lot of swimming. And How many laps would you do a week? <laughs> you put me on the spot. Uh, I've got a pool where I live, and yeah. so I'll get down there occasionally and have a swim. But with when it's surf life-saving season, yeah. there's more training yeah. involved because – um, yeah. the, the worst thing it want to be is feeling, oh, if I knew I was just a little bit fitter, I could have rescued that person. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, yeah. You, you want to, like, for the beginning of the season, you have to pass your run, swim, run, and that tends to be a time when you sort of you up the number of laps that you do. So, yeah, swim a couple of Ks. Okay, so there we go. We've nearly gone past the three-quarter an hour mark. Um, <laughs> Any other stories to tell James at all? I mean, any, anything, that, any other th things that you're looking forward to in 2020? Anything else that you'd like to talk about? Um, I'm certainly hoping that it'll be a really good year. I think that it's uh, funny when a new decade comes around. People are sort of thinking, "What's going to be the, what's going to be the thing of the 2020s?" And I'd like to think it's yeah. going to be maybe uh, people getting out and doing more in terms of just yeah. out outdoor exercise and. And the thing I, was, I, th I think what I'd love to be able to do this decade is just cut down on the screen time. I mean, that's yeah. just uh, it's a big. You look at the stats on even you, you've got you, you've got your phone, for example, and you look at the stats of how many how many hours that you're, you're looking at the phone on a daily basis, and you say, "What the f what fuck really? Seven hours I've looked at my phone today." Yeah, I'd, that's just that's pretty crazy. I'd like to challenge everyone to make a phone call just instead of. Facebook messaging or yeah. texting, call somebody. Yeah, for sure. Because I think that that's what I, I, I uh, call me old school, but I do miss that. I miss the people giving you a call, uh, you know, or calling somebody instead of just messaging or liking a post. So if, I think that's that would be a great thing to to try and <laughs> bring back, try and bring back the old phone call as opposed to yeah. just the text. Or the, it seems uh, to be yeah, people just Facebook don't seem post. to pick up the phone. People don't sort of. At least we meet, met face to face today. I think that's that's a bit of a, I don't know how much of an effort that is, but it's it's happened and uh, yeah. it's 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 good that you can catch up with people face to face uh, where you've got that opportunity to do so. But you know, technology just makes people lazy when it comes to um, you know being able to communicate. They just do it in such a lazy way. Uh, yeah, just pick up the phone. So 2020, let's pick up the phone more and let's meet with people face to face. Let's make sure we, where we can, uh, meet meet more people face to face, um, and, and just try to keep forging those sort of uh, those uh, relationships. Even if you've got to fly to different places to do it, I think it's worth it. I really enjoy one thing that I enjoy uh, every week, or at least I try and do it every week. It's been going for the last year pretty consistently. Is a Friday night skate. So Friday nights, um, six thirty till seven thirty. Yeah. You'll pretty much find me down Howard Smith Wharf, skating on that pathway that goes around to New Farm. It's a really smooth pathway. I skate it back and forth, and just I can get a few kilometres under my belt there, about ten k's, and then I sort of will enjoy maybe having a having a beer at the end and I just think that's a really good thing I get to talk to people uh, that, that come along on that skate and again it's sort of maybe it's a time when you don't have to have so much screen time you just enjoy being in the outdoors and then yeah so it's a yeah a, definitely spend more time in the outdoors I mean we've got to enjoy what we've got as far as the environment it's uh, it's hard to know what the environment's going to be like uh, as we sort of start this next decade and seeing some of the impact impact our environment sort of suffered as as a result of the these bushfires it's it makes you appreciate the environment that we've got a lot more um we've we've got to be thankful for what we've got as far as an environment especially here in australia uh we've got we've got um you know a lovely surroundings when you when you look at some of the cities look at some of the the uh, national parks forests 
um, and then you know finding out some of them are burning away it's it's not very not very good for those communities and it's we'd like to be able to sort of do what we can going forward to to make sure that you know we we sort of get back and, and appreciate what we really do have yeah definitely i mean it's beautiful southeast queensland has got some of the most amazing places to go hiking and camping and rock climbing and i mean it's just Getting, getting out there. Yeah, it's been years since I've done camping. I mean, I used to like sort of going over to Wyvernhoe and Somerset um, Somerset Dam. Have you ever uh, camped at, at those places? Yeah, and also up at uh, Binnabarra, which yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately has been so affected that, by that, fire. Yeah, but, and that's a yeah. result of, you know, we went there, our friend Jess Mackey, um, yeah. two or three years ago, I think it was. It was, yes. That's right. Uh, we, we, I think we enjoyed one of her birthdays. Um, we, we basically spent uh, a couple of days up there. Um, I think I went for some walks. I'm pretty sure it's just a beautiful, um, beautiful area. So and I think the whole place that we stayed at actually burnt down. Was that right? Uh, that that some of that area was definitely affected. I know that, that we didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I have to double check like, in terms. Of, I know the Binnaburra Lodge itself burnt down, but I'm not sure how much of the area that was near the area where where we were exactly has burnt. But uh, certainly, you know, get out there and enjoy it. Um, get out and don't forget how much of a uh, how, how amazing southeast Queensland is. I've driven the whole way around Australia mm-hmm. and, and definitely have settled here and I love it. I love southeast Queensland. It's really beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Fun. Okay, well, that's been uh, From the Valley Podcast, episode 79. It's the 3rd of January 2020, so make sure you're signing all those dates in 2020. Uh, I just saw a little bit of advice, actually, which is helpful, that when you are signing the dates, actually do the whole 2020 whole year rather than just 20. Um, the reason for that is they can actually change the numbers after the, the 20 apparently. And I, was, I saw something ah, <laughs> online about that. And okay. They can change it to 2021, for example. So oh, I see. I'll remember that one. <laughs> remember that good. one or 2019 or, you know, all these different numbers that they could ch- potentially change it to. So go... Uh, that's just a bit of legal um, <laughs> That's a good one, there. though. I remember that. It's a, yeah, so just do that. Um, yeah, that's going to be a big year. Looking forward to it. You know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. I think there's lots of things going on. Um, be going to New Zealand a couple of times in the first few in the first couple of months. I've got a, a trip book, booked over to Auckland to watch the UFC in February. Um, so we go back to Waiheke Island, <clears throat> go to Auckland. We watch some uh, locals fight. Um, going to Queenstown again soon, so that that'll be look forward to that. Just to to, I just miss the place as you know um, and then you know, as the year sort of goes on there'll be certainly some events to look forward to and I'm hoping to do a trivia night in, in March that, I think that'll be fun um, yeah thank you very much James for being on the podcast here thanks and, Tim and uh, we'll, we'll get this uploaded for you today thanks mate cheers thank you <laughs>